All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. We've got a great show for you. Two great guests, back to back. We're going to get started right after these commercial messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a health care provider. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Very excited to invite this next guest on the show. So we've talked about the House Freedom Caucus, which had such an important role in getting the rules in Congress changed so that Americans can get the sort of change in Washington they've been denied for a long time. We bring on folks like Ralph Norman and Jim Jordan and Scott Perry, and they've become household names on this show, and they've become household names in Washington because they're fighting for real change to shrink the size of government and to make a difference in the swamp here in Washington. Well, Some folks may not know this, but a similar organization has cropped up to do exactly the same thing as the House Freedom Caucus, but in the state legislatures, in the state houses of America. And joining me right now is the leader of the State Freedom Caucus, Andy Roth. Andy, great to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having me, John. Great honor to have you on the show. And a lot of people may be surprised to know that the Freedom Caucus movement has moved well beyond Washington. It's now down in the States. It's playing out in some big ways. Tell us a little bit about what motivated the creation of this and some of its early success. Yeah, great question. So I've been on Capitol Hill for uh, 20 years now. And um, a couple of years ago, about a year and a half, I started talking to Congressman Andy Biggs, who was then chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. And I spoke with uh, Mark Meadows, former Trump chief of staff, and a few other folks, uh, real trusted conservatives. And we knew that there was a problem occurring in the 50 states because there are 50 swamps, not just D.C. Um, And we know that the House Freedom Caucus model works. We saw that earlier this month when they fought McCarthy on the speaker fight. So we decided that let's just take that business model and push it down into the states. So a little bit over a year ago, we launched our first one, uh, the Georgia Freedom Caucus, and then we've uh, since rolled out nine more. Um, And it includes South Carolina, Mississippi, a lot of the Mountain West states, um, and even some blue states like uh, Illinois. Uh, And our hope is that eventually we'll get into all 50 states because, um, you know, D.C. is very good at meddling in our affairs, but... Even their long um, tentacles don't necessarily get involved in certain issues. And that is like school choice. Abortion is now at the state level. CRT in our classrooms. Election integrity. There's a long list of things that, that go on. And, and all of the crony capitalism that occurs with regulations and spending and taxes at the state level. And it's occurring in the dark. Uh, Because think about it, most people don't know who their state rep is or their state senator. And the media attention that is focused on all of the bills that go through the state capitals, there's very little attention to it. And if there is attention, I doubt that there's been fair reporting um, occurring. And so all of these things work against conservatives. And so we believe that the antidote is more Freedom Caucuses at the state level. It is remarkable that something like this hadn't been created before, because when you think of it, most of the big issues start in the states and work their way to Washington, critical race theory being a great example, right? We didn't know about it until it bubbled up in places like Texas and Florida and Virginia. Now it's a national issue, but the states are such an important proving ground for many of the policy ideas that ultimately will make their way to the federal government. One of the places where the state freedom caucuses have had an instant impact, and we're seeing really a great debate over the future of the conservative movement in South Carolina. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. What are the issues? And also, what's the fight over in terms of what is the direction of the Republican and conservative movement in South Carolina going to be? Yeah, let let me get into the fight that is occurring as we speak. But before I do, let me give you some background on the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. 
Um, obviously, South Carolina is a conservative state or considered a conservative state, but in Columbia, um, they are considered by a lot of different metrics to be the least red state uh, in the union. And the reason why is, yeah, and the reason why is because a lot of liberals know that the only way they're going to get elected is if they have an R next to their name. So they deceive the voters and then get into office and act like liberals. And they're able to get away with it for the reason I said before, which is that nobody's really paying attention. And so when we launched the South Carolina Freedom Caucus, we've got 20 proud men and women who belong to it. They have been very loud and they have been exposing their colleagues for being liberals. Um, and so this came to a head at the beginning of the year when House leadership, House Republican leadership, demanded that all lawmakers, all state reps, sign a loyalty pledge. And the loyalty pledge basically said, um, you cannot um, you know, expose your colleagues if they are undermining conservative principles. And the, the, the loyalty pledge was so broadly written that you could take a picture of the vote board and tweet it out and it's possible that that would be viewed as an infraction. Well, if you refuse to sign the loyalty pledge, as the South Carolina Freedom Caucus did, um, then the punishment is to get kicked out of the House GOP caucus. And that is exactly what happened. And so, um, now, I think that was a dumb, dumb error on the part of leadership and the establishment because they have turned the South Carolina Freedom Caucus members into grassroots heroes and, and martyrs, uh, but they're, they're now feeling the sting of that. And so we're kind of in this fight right now where uh, the establishment doesn't know what to do. Everybody hates them. Uh, the grassroots hate them. The lawmakers uh, are disgruntled. Um, you know, national groups, third-party groups, you know, Moms for Liberty, all these groups are upset with them. And they're like, wait, I just want it to go back to the good old days where nobody was paying attention and we were getting away with stuff. Uh, so, so we're making an impact, and the way to do it is just to be loud and to expose the, the corruption. Yeah, and it's such an amazing storyline in South Carolina, the effort to squelch dissent. In fact, conservatives have been the champions of free speech, and, and they've been fighting against censorship at Twitter and Facebook and government-backed censorship. But here, there was an effort really to censor any dissent in the conservative movement of South Carolina. I think it was driven by the House Majority Leader, so it came at a very high level in the state legislature, right? It did. And, I mean, these guys are used to getting their way, um, and they're used to not getting exposed. And so even just a little bit of pressure was all that was brought to bear on them for them to just recoil and, and lash out. So um, it's, it's interesting what's happening there. And after the speaker fight in D.C. and now this fight in Columbia, South Carolina, I strongly believe that you're going to see similar skirmishes occur in other states as we become more successful, as we roll out to the other states, and as we get larger. It's, it's inevitable that it's it's going to occur, but it needs to occur, right? Because we got to expose this stuff and make sure that the voters are aware of it. Yeah, no, that's it. That's what the fight is over, transparency and honesty about what government is actually doing. One of the fun storylines when the House Freedom Caucus was in the middle of its battle for a speaker and for the rules that would govern this Congress 
There was this false storyline offered in the mainstream media who really didn't understand what was going on. These guys are fighting for personal prestige, personal gain. They want the best assignments. And what they really missed in this was that this really was about fighting against Washington and creating a system where the people get the upper hand in what goes before Congress, what's passed before Congress, what's decided by Congress. Eventually, I think that story came into clearer focus when the final rules package came out. But you wrote an op-ed that really echoed that really brilliant idea. I was trying to explain it on my TV and radio shows, but you did a really fantastic op-ed and it said why the Freedom Caucus in the House deserved applause. It changed the dynamic of what Congress is supposed to be focused on from the elites in Washington to everyday Americans in real America. That's really what this fight is about, whether it's South Carolina, Washington, Wisconsin, wherever it's going to be next. Yeah, I mean, what you saw in D.C. um, over several years, I mean, it it goes back before Pelosi, uh, before Speaker Ryan, before John Boehner even, is that there was a slow accumulation of power into the Speaker's office. More power was being taken away from rank-and-file members. More power was being taken away from committee chairs. And it was all trickling up to the Speaker's office to the point where it had now become routine that 5,000-page omnibus bills would be written uh, in the Speaker's office, dropped on everybody's lap, and then uh, a vote would be required within 24 hours. That's a really messed-up way of doing business. And... And and to your point, people who were upset at the House Freedom Caucus for picking this fight on over speaker, all they wanted to do was break up that dictatorship and say, let's decentralize power once again. Let's give power back to the rank and file. Let's give power back to the committees. Let's let the actual legislative process work again. And you see that at the state level, too. If you want to be a tyrant or a near close to a tyrant, being the Speaker of the Georgia House is the job for you because the rules in that House uh, provide no opportunity for members to offer floor amendments or to speak out or to do anything. So the Georgia Freedom Caucus, their chief role is to expose that and to break it up. And so they have a huge task in front of them and I'm confident that they're gonna be able to do it eventually but, but they're going to try to do exactly what the House Freedom Caucus did. And you're going to see that in other states, too, as we're able to expand. We got about a minute left. I want to ask a little bit about where does this fight go next? You mentioned Georgia. I know there's a lot of disgruntled members in the Wisconsin Assembly. What other states might we see Freedom Caucuses fighting a good fight to change the rules of the road? Well, you can go to our website at www.statefreedomcaucus.org just to see where we are. Uh, I can't really tell where we're going to go next. I mean, we're in uh, the process of working with some states. I will give you one headline, though. In Idaho, this is a deep red state, very conservative voting electorate. You have the Idaho Freedom Caucus and the state GOP party pushing very, very hard for school choice. Uh, Raul Labrador is their attorney general. He's a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus in D.C. He's pushing for school choice. But the liberal governor, Republican governor, and the liberal education superintendent are both opposed to school choice. 
So you have a big battle royale that's brewing there, and it is the top issue in that state right now, and it's going to come to a head um, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, that's going to be a key one to be watching, and more importantly, we need to watch exactly what you're doing. I think this is one of the most exciting movements going on in state houses around the country. The State Freedom Caucus, modeled after the House Freedom Caucus, and Andy Roth, you're right at the front lines of making some pretty amazing history. Great honor to have you on the show today. I'm going to be sure to check back with you in a few weeks, get you back on so we can get updates on Georgia, Idaho, and wherever else a good debate is about to break out. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks, Andy. And folks, go check out StraightFreedomCaucus.org, StraightFreedomCaucus.org. Great resource. I've got it bookmarked. You should, too. Very exciting stuff going on in Andy's world right now, and we'll we'll keep you up to date by bringing him back on often. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Earlier this month, a big discussion about the future of the pro-life movement in America now that Roe v. Wade is gone, now that the battle has shifted in many ways to state legislatures around the country. Our next guest, well, he's been fighting for a long time against abortion and to also expose the abortion industry for some of its untoward acts, such as selling human body parts, which he has been able to expose through his great work over the years. Joining us right now is David Delighton. David, great to have you on the show. Great to be with you, John. Thank you for having me. You've done some pretty remarkable work over the years, sometimes at great cost to yourself personally. But you and the Center for Medical Progress remind everyone who may have forgotten the work you did to show and expose to the American people the fetal tissue sales industry that was going on in our own country. Sure. So I'm an investigative reporter and the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, which is a nonprofit organization that um, that monitors and reports on um, on bioethical issues that impact human dignity. Um, in particular, we're responsible for the undercover video series that was published in 2015 that captured Planned Parenthood's top-level leadership 
callously negotiating the harvesting and sale of aborted baby body parts from late-term abortions. Um, and we documented them resorting to illegal partial birth abortions in order to harvest higher quality, quality fetuses for sale. Um, our work led to multiple congressional investigations, criminal referrals for Planned Parenthood and others in the abortion industry, um, and ultimately shut down three of Planned Parenthood's baby parts harvesting companies in Southern California um, and led to ongoing uh, legal repercussions for them in Texas and other states. Yeah, it had an enormous impact. It really did. And Senator Chuck Grassley has tried very hard to force the Justice Department to do its part to investigate this because there appeared to be on the tapes and in other documents since gathered evidence of some federal criminal violations. Not much has ever really materialized on the Justice Department front, has it? Uh, not, not that, uh, not that we know of um, quite yet. I've, I've heard some interesting things from some different sources. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, exclusively, there there was one source I had to, a few years ago who said that as recently as March of 2020, uh, that they had been interviewed by the FBI in connection to that investigation. But so far, nothing has materialized, and certainly under under Merrick Garland, um, it looks like anything like that has probably been deep six. That's right. Yeah, and I heard similar that in 19 and 20 there were some FBI interviews still going on, but not the sort of accountability I know now. Remind folks what personally happened to you in California as a result of doing this groundbreaking investigative work? Yeah. So some of your listeners may remember back in 2016, um, the, uh, the current uh, occupant of the vice president's uh, uh, quarters in the White House, uh, Kamala Harris, was at that time the attorney general of the state of California. And at the same time that there were multiple high-level congressional investigations going on prompted by my videos, there were attorneys general in states like Texas and Arizona and Michigan and elsewhere who were looking into the illegal trafficking of aborted baby body parts. And there was even a criminal investigation in Southern California by, by the local district attorney in Orange County. Um, but Kamala Harris, as the attorney general of California, decided to come after me and my colleagues um, instead of uh, instead of prosecuting the um, the trafficking of aborted fetuses by Planned Parenthood and their business partners, um, and in fact she she brought completely unprecedented criminal charges under the California video recording law. Even though everything we recorded was in a was in a place of public accommodation where there were other people could were who could overhear. These were not private confidential conversations. These were public business networking conversations that were meant to be shared with others. But Kamala Harris brought the first ever criminal charges under the California video recording law against investigative reporters um, when she, she came after me and my colleagues at the Center for Medical Progress. Um, and that case that she launched is still ongoing in San Francisco Superior Court to this day. Um, most of it is on appeal at this point right now, but um, that, that is the record of Kamala Harris and that weaponization of law enforcement against messages that powerful special interests disagree with. That is continuing to this day um, with the Biden-Harris uh, Department of Justice on a, on a federal level. Um, so it's an important thing for people to be aware of um, and for people to fight back against. 
Yeah, it really is. Now, most of the issues of abortion now have been returned to the states by the landmark ruling last summer by the Supreme Court. But there was one remarkable vote that occurred here in Washington in the early days of Kevin McCarthy's speakership, a law that would have required medical professionals, if a baby was born live as a result of a botched abortion, that life-saving care would be given to that child. Almost all the Democrats voted against it. All the Republicans voted for it. The remarkable thing, a lot of people think this is a hypothetical exercise, but as we learned from a report that the Minnesota state government put out last year, there were five episodes just in Minnesota where children were born alive and weren't given life-saving care after a failed abortion. What's your take on what happened at that vote and what message it sends to the American people? Yes, then, and those are those are just the ones in Minnesota that are self-reported by the abortion providers. That doesn't get into all the other ones that go unacknowledged or, or unreported. In my undercover work, abortion providers frequently acknowledge that when, when they're doing it, when, when you're running a high volume abortion clinic that does a lot of uh, later second trimester and later abortion cases, um, just as a matter of numbers, you're going to have at least a few uh, infants being delivered alive um, before the abortion can be done uh, per month. Uh, frankly, you know, your listeners may remember the Kermit Gosnell case in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia from about 10 years ago, Kermit Gosnell, a, a well-known abortion provider known by Planned Parenthood and the National Abortion Federation, who for almost two decades had been delivering in third trimester infants alive in his abortion clinic and killing them by snipping their, their necks with surgical scissors. Kermit Gosnell was, was discovered and found out um, actually because of a, a drug investigation, and he was prosecuted for murder, and he's serving a, a, a life-term in jail because of this, um, but the pro-abortion politics of the state government prevented his crimes from being investigated um, or, or uh, brought to justice under the law for almost two decades. And I think you see the exact same thing happening in the Congress now with the way that pro-abortion numbers are so dogmatically, extremely uh, dedicated to, um, to the abortion of children in the womb. Um, that they they will countenance um, the killing of babies out of the womb as well um, in order to protect what they believe is their sacred right to abortion. And it's completely, um, it's, it's shocking, it's horrifying. The vast majority of Americans categorically reject um, that, kind of, um, that kind of barbarism when it comes to our, our, our youngest Americans. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's very good that the issue is being raised and that the issue is being pushed on a national level. Um, it, is, it is very sad that um, there's one side of the aisle that really doesn't want to grapple with the facts about it. No, it really is a remarkable thing. David, we've got just a couple minutes left. What are the most important issues for the pro-life movement going forward? You've had this epic win in the courts that will significantly change the course of this debate for decades to come. What are the most important things that pro-life activists like yourself are focused on in the next one to two years? That's a really good question. Um, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I certainly have a few ideas about what I, what I think we should be doing. Number one, I think that it's, it's critical for the pro-life movement and pro-life advocates to be very vocal um, and speaking very candidly with the, with the American public right now about what is most important to us. And what is most important to us is making sure that our laws and our communities are the safest place for, for, um, for mothers and infants 
whether planned or unplanned in a, you know, in a, in, in an, in an expected or in a challenging pregnancy situation, we need to center the victims of abortion in the conversation. And we need to center the, um, we need to center the, uh, the, the, the new families, the young families, um, and the mothers and infants who are directly threatened by the abortion industry. That's, you know, if abortion didn't kill a baby, it wouldn't be controversial and nobody would, you know, would really be that interested in it, but that's, what's the most important. And I think we kind of learn every, every election cycle, we have to learn this lesson again, that, um, that if, if we don't define ourselves, someone else will, will define us for us. (laughs) And so we have to be, I think we have to be very candid and open that, um, that we're trying to save as many lives um, both mothers and infants and you know, even couples, new families from the abortion industry that exists to prey on and exploit their vulnerability um, and their fears at, you know, at the most vulnerable time in, in people's lives sometimes. And at the end of the day, you know, every single one of us is here because we were given a chance in some way or another when we first came into the world as a tiny little infant in our mother's wombs with a beating heart and measurable brain waves. Um, every single person deserves that same chance that we were all given. Um, and so I just think that that has to be front and center in the national conversation. And there will be, you know, there will be an anchoring point, whether it's a, whether it's a national uh, 15 week limit when the baby is capable of feeling pain or, or a national minimum uh, limit when the baby's heartbeat can be detected. There should be some kind of conversation about a, a consensus national limit um, that that forces the conversation about the extremism of big abortion, um, and then state by state, you know, each state is going to have to be responsible for how it cares for the vulnerable in its state. Um, but I think it's really important that we continue to center the conversation around the humanity of the victims of abortion and the uh, the inhumanity um, of the abortion industry that exists to profit from people's pain um, and uh, and and ultimately makes money from the broken bodies of aborted children. Pretty remarkable uh, mission ahead of all for all of us in this country to uh, grapple with these issues and come to some consensus for the first time after many many years of division. David, how do people follow your good work at the center or uh, the efforts that the Thomas More Society are doing on your behalf in the legal case? Sure. You can learn more about my work and my reporting at centerformedicalprogress.org or cmp.org. And you can follow me on Twitter uh, at David Daleiden, all one word. That's D-A-L-E-I-D-E-N. Well, those are important coordinates, folks. Go check them out. David has been one of the most influential and transparent voices about what he's been able to bring to the American public's attention. It's a great public service. Great honor to have you on the show, my friend, today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us today. Remember, if you want to get our daily headlines, it's like getting a newspaper right in your inbox. Go to justthenews.com slash newsletter and sign up today. And if you want to get the iPhone or Android app, just go to the iOS Apple Store or the Android Google Play Store and download the Just the News app. That way you can watch, listen, and read our best content day in and day night. We've got you covered 24-7. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.